chose me, so I hit the track running like a nosebleed. Life ain't great now, but it's much improved. Yo, album dropping this summer, that sucks for you, cause this is Bubba's moment. I put my mother on it, I said my mama, it seems as if I love her, don't it? So buckle up, cause it's gonna get bumpy. I call my girlfriend's Bettis, and my shit's grumpy. <laughs> People, how fire is this track? God damn it brings me back. It used to get ugly when this shit came on for sure, people. Oh, man. Whew. God damn it, people. Yo, can you believe, right? So, they have just said a friggin' vaccine is hitting the UK. Ain't next week? And I want to know, who the fuck is taking that shit? Because I expect those motherfuckers in parliament, right? I want them first in the line, you know what I mean? With their arms out taking that jab. Because, you know what? Like, you always knew a vaccine would come for this, right? But it's kind of weird that it's this fast. I kind of think to myself, how many stages of, uh, you know what I mean, protocol have we jumped? So, I ain't taking that shit right now. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to wait a few months. You know what I mean? See if anyone grows an extra head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Loses a foot. Once the coast is clear, then I'll give you my arm for that jab. You know what I mean? That's what's gonna happen here, people. Trust me. Because, man, I, I don't know, right? Like, you try and do things the right way. You try and keep everything in check. But shit can still fuck up, right? I, I, man, I don't even know why, but my face has broken out in a fucking just a rash like this crazy fucking rash it is ridiculous man you know what i mean jason fucking merit would um look and point that's how bad it is it's insane right i had to do a fucking uh, i had to do an interview the other day oh man I, I, so uh you know what i mean i did it because you know I, I, I got my, got my man's time, so I ain't gonna disrespect him. Um, but yo, I, I had a baseball cap on. You know what I mean? My, I didn't turn my light on. China, <laughs> but that's gonna be hitting. That's gonna be hitting um, echo chamber. In ah oh, man, I think it might be next week. I'm dropping that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We will see. But, uh, yo, it's just the fucking perils, man. It's the perils right now. But luckily, I was able to put something else back to next week. So, let's see. Fingers crossed. You know what I mean? Fingers crossed. Everything will be good. I lost, you know what I mean? I lost the morning the other day having to sit in fucking the A&E trying to get this shit sorted out. But, goddamn. You know, all they do is they look at you and go, mm, we're not quite sure. <laughs> oh, fuck. But anyway, people, 
You know what I have to say? I am just very much impressed with Tyson Fury, right? So the every year the BBC do this bullshit thing, like sports personality of the year. And you look at the people they have nominated, right? And it's always just like, why? <laughs> you know, they, they always leave people off that have done huge, huge things. And there'll be other people on. And you'll be like, why the fuck are they on there? You know? Um, so this year, right, the, the people they decided to, um, you know... Do this bullshit with Our um, Stuart Board Who I think is a cricketer Right they've got a jockey Holly Doyle They've got Lewis Hamilton You know Formula 1 uh, of England football player Jordan Henderson Ronnie Sullivan A snooker player And then Tyson Fury And Tyson Fury he, um, you know, he, he put out a post on his Instagram and, uh, yeah, he, he just asked to be taken off, right? And I just think, you know what, I, I dig and I respect that shit, you know what I mean? I really do, because it's just a bullshit it means nothing, right? It's just this weird thing that they they decide to try and I don't know. They they try and do these things, you know, give people this bullshit recognition, but it it like it it doesn't do anything, right? It doesn't like there's it, it you know they they put certain people on. And you know it's a game Right? It's a game Now if they really want to Like do something effective There's other things they could do Like look Champion women's football Right? Women's football They complaining about the pay gap Which is there Because no one gives a fuck about it On the real Right? On the real no one gives a fuck Enough of a fuck Right So they're not getting huge sponsorship So You know If the BBC Or wanna do shit You know Air it Right Make a big deal out of it Like give it that step up Do the same with women's boxing You know what I mean Give certain things More airplay More time because otherwise, what, like, what are you doing? What's the point? You know, I don't know. There's, there's so many games involved, people. So many games with all of this bullshit. But uh, yeah, it seems to be the way of things. But you know what? Let's touch on some other crazy shit that's going down because. Oh, trust me, motherfuckers. There is a plenty. There is a plenty of going on. So buckle up and let's get into this. All right. Boom. It is kind of ugly, but fuck it. Let's go. So right now, there's a lot of stories about a uh, Kavan. 
I think K-A-A-V-A-N Right, so he's an elephant That uh, was in a zoo in Pakistan And um, yeah, so he He was being referred to before this as the loneliest elephant Because, you know, he's been in this He basically was in this zoo On the whim of a a little brat Right? So the, um Yeah, the, the, the leader of Pakistan His daughter Had seen this uh, Bollywood film About elephants And she was just like I want an elephant I want an elephant And so he got her the elephant From this film Which is just like Ugh God damn it man Right So this elephant was flown over And it Yeah it got stuck in bloody Pakistan For ages you know, just living there It They had a partner for it But that died in, um, you know, 2012 And ever since This poor friggin' elephant has been on its own And, you know, everyone was saying That it is showing, like, severe deterioration You know, it put on weight It just became... Like, well, how anyone does when they lose a loved one You know what I mean? It's kind of crazy But, yeah, I don't know how long it had been in Pakistan, though You know? for Because it was been there since 85 So how long was it there on its own before it finally got this mate? But, you know, so they'd been campaigning for a while to try and uh, get this elephant free And um, You know I think Cher got involved In 2016 So the campaigns had been going on Long before she got involved But she got involved And it seems now that she wants to She wants to be full Front and centre of the whole Motherfucking thing Which is insane Is insane Like And the thing that's really crazy about it She's Went and flew to Pakistan She flew to Pakistan To meet with the Prime Minister To say Thanks for releasing the elephant That's why she flew to fucking Pakistan Right It's crazy you know, when everyone is getting told, don't travel unless you really need to. You kind of like, yo, she didn't need to fly to Pakistan to fucking do this shit. You know what I mean? She could have waited if she really wanted to see the elephant. But it is, you know, obviously. Look, it's photo opportunities. It's time to get your motherfucking face all up in that news. It's kind of sickening, right? But it is just in this whole thing is crazy. Because there's no laws in Pakistan around zoos, right? So these elephants were getting, you know, 
to have them react to visitors, staff would poke them with, um, yeah, like sticks with like, you know, sharpened metal on the end. Yeah, that's how these fucking elephants were treated. So when they said, you know, he, his partner died in 2012, right? Now, the zoo said it was a heart attack due to heat stroke, which, I mean, come on, that in itself isn't concerning, because you're like, wait, do they not have shelter, do they not have ways to cool down, and when you see pictures, the, 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 the shelter, it's shit, like, this enclosure is shit, right, and there's no regulations for zoos, you know what I mean, no regulations for zoos, so these elephants, uh, or any animals, anywhere, can be treated however, you know, people thought Tiger King was bad, right, but there are, there were regulations, so imagine, imagine a place with none, you know what I mean, so, yeah, not a great life for this poor fucking elephant, but finally, finally, it's getting, well, it should be released by now, right, so it's going to Cambodia to, um, yeah, this is, I'm not quite sure, because they're saying it's to live in the wild, and then some places it says it's living in this kind of wild sanctuary park thing, but I think the, the real crazy concerning thing is, so, although the elephant was mistreated in Pakistan, right, it at least was getting some sort of meals, you know, some food, water, and all of that kind of thing, but, Putting it out in the world, it has been in captivity since 85, since 80 fucking five, 35 fucking years, does the elephant know how to fucking, like obviously it won't, it will not know how to live in the wild, that's in, like it's crazy, and listen, Right, animals are similar to humans in a, in a way because you know they've released animals into the wild from enclosures and they die because they sit around waiting for food. There's that plus, right? It, it's one of those things. It's like if you've you know, you're, maybe you have heritage from another country, but you've never lived there, you didn't grow up there, you weren't born there, and then you go, you go there to live, people treat you like an outsider, right, you're not embraced straight out the gate, for the most part, right, but yes, obviously, there's probably occasions where you are, but for the most part, you're not, you're looked at as an outsider, and even if you're there for, for years, and people do, you know, 
they're cool with you, you're still not seen as a, um, you know, a native. So that's what humans do. Animals do the same fucking thing. So it's just like, are any of the elephants in this spot going to welcome this poor motherfucking elephant? Like, how is it gonna live? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it should stay in the fucking zoo. No. But I'm like, have they thought of a plan? Yo, is there something in place to ensure this elephant does not die? I mean, look, if it does die, there is something about at least dying, you know, not behind bars. So there is that, but yeah, that would fucking suck. You know what I mean? It gets free and then dies because it doesn't know how to fucking live. Yeah, that would really fucking suck, man. But yeah, in all the pieces I've seen, they're just like, God, the loneliest elephant is now free. Yay. Uh, it's just, yeah, but there's other ramifications of this, people, right? What the fuck is going to happen to the elephant now? And Cher, what the fuck are you doing, man? You know what I mean? It, it's weird, it's, it's crazy, it's like kind of repulsive. You know what I mean? Like, especially when everyone's just like, oh, wear a mask. You know what I mean? Stay home. Stay home to save lives. And this bitch gets on a plane to fucking Pakistan. <sighs> what a fucking crazy world, right? What a crazy fucking world we live in. But, um, yeah. Hopefully, this poor fucking elephant does survive. But, hey, I think the biggest... I think the biggest thing from all of this is what are we going to do about all these fucking zoos? Right? What are we going to do about those? Because, you know, there's everyone complaining about all of these other things. All of these other things. And don't get me wrong, that like things are important. There's definitely important things people are complaining about. But you, you have people that are like, oh, I love animals. Oh, animals are the best. Ba 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 ba. Alright. Okay. If that is the thing, surely, surely we can all agree something needs to be done. Now, listen, I understand there's a weird dichotomy around it all. You know, because look, I know London Zoo. Um, I think, like, the Brooklyn Zoo, the um, Oakland Zoo, like, all these huge zoos around the world, they do contribute to contra, contra, ah, to help the animals in the world. <laughs> God damn it. It's just the word. I had it. It's in my mind. I can see it. It can't. It's escaping my pronunciation. But, yes, you know, they they do help with um yeah looking on the animals in the wild which is 
yeah, it's, uh, it, it's kind of weird, it's, it's ironic, it's kind of, it doesn't make any sense, but it's a thing, so they do serve a purpose, yes, but I we can't have all of these rinky-dink fucking zoos that have no, just no regulation, you know, so come on, I mean, Surely we can do something about all of that. Like some universal thing. And if zoos don't have it, they get a lockdown. You know, and the animals get taken. But not this pussy bullshit of, oh, so you have a year to close. No, 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 no. Because, you know, we know what will ha- we, we We know what happens then. Right, it was happening in this fucking zoo in Pakistan. Like supposedly the animals were getting sold off to wealthy people so they could eat them. Right, and of course that will happen in places that need money. You know what I mean? So you need to be like, nah, this this is going, and that the same fucking day, those animals get moved. You know. I don't know, people, I just feel, I feel there's larger things that aren't getting talked about in these fluff pieces for fucking share, <laughs> you know, fuck. Okay, so do you remember back in March, right, back in late March, April, when everything shut? Right, no one knew what the fuck was going on, and the one thing that we were told well, two things we were told, right? Wash your hands, wear a mask. Wash your hands, wear a mask. Well, no, actually, actually, we were told not to wear a mask because the hospitals needed masks, right? That was a the thing, they didn't have enough PPE. So you had people going, oh, donate it, or, oh, you know what I mean, can we do this, and can we do that? Look, I was working in a hospital at the time, and people were stealing the PPE, you know what I mean? The nurses and stuff were stealing the PPE, right? Be clear, there was a, a, a lack of it for some reason, right? There's a lack, and... It might not even be in the lack. The distribution was just odd. No one knew what the fuck was going down. Right, so at the time, the Daily Mail set up a charity. They created a charity, right, called Mail Force. Very original, but hey-ho. And um, they, you know, acquired masks. And supposedly, I think they've donated 100,000 masks to the NHS. Now, though, <laughs> they're under investigation. Under investigation. And remember, at the time, everyone's scrambling to get masks. They're all doing them from wherever. But yeah, they're under investigation now because some of the, not all of the masks, but I think some of the masks they got were from a company called Medwell Medical Products. Alright, so it's a Chinese company, which kind of is an odd one, right? 
there's a pandemic that everyone knows started in China, but that's where you're ordering masks from. Like, we can't travel, but we can send things from... It's bizarre. It's very fucking bizarre. But yes, this this company Medwell, they're um they're they're in uh, China, and supposedly they run this scheme, this labor scheme, which utilizes Uyghur Muslims. Um, and when I say utilize, it's kind of basically slave labor. You know, there's this. Yeah, there's this whole situation which I'm I'm sure people have heard about, but it's like the Muslim population, yeah, it's madly oppressed in uh, China and a few other places in um, the Middle East. You know, um, yeah, it, it's it's crazy. It's bad. It's not good, right? And you've got these firms that do it. You know, Apple got in trouble over, like, labour schemes and things like that. It's something that is very rife in some countries. And, um, yeah, so, you know, the Daily Mail and Mail Force are under investigation because they got the mask from this place. And it's, it is so fucking weird. I find this whole thing weird, because, now, I wouldn't have known, like, Medwell Medical do this thing. I bet you could ask a ton of people who wouldn't have known this. And, um, look, the NHS have got this great, there's so much bureaucracy. If you want to order from a company, there's so much red tape. Now, listen. I'll tell you this, um, a lot of the companies they order from are like friends of friends, you know, ex-employees have set up their own business, you know what I mean, there is some dodgy bullshit going on, right, but they've got this fit, so they're like, ah, we've got this script thing and we don't, uh, whatever, whatever, we know there's some bullshit to that, but then, listen, everyone wanted masks, Everyone wanted masks, and you cannot tell me that everyone was checking, right? Everyone was checking their provider. I bet you know people could probably go in any shop and look at all the products, and some of those products could well be made somewhere that not great, you know, what I mean, that. Is not great. Going places like TK Maxx, Primark, a lot of their shit is made in places that have like these, you know, ridiculous hours where people are forced to work like all day with, you know, basically no break, no holiday. You know, and they're making maybe five pounds a month. You know, like there is so much of this shit going on. But 
there's definitely places that do certain things that you don't know. Now, there's places that you know, right, that have been talked about, but then there's ones that we do not know. So I kind of find it a little hypocritical that people are going crazy right now at male folks who donated masks. Remember this, it's not like, you know, like some of these other shops, they bought products to sell at a markup. No, it wasn't that, right? Every You had NHS workers going on fucking TikTok and Twitter and Instagram and wherever, Begging, going, I fear for my life, I don't know, we're undermanned, we're understaffed, we don't have the protection we need, right, that was a regular thing, happened all the time, so, someone has given you shit, right, someone has gone out, found a supplier, because remember as well, everywhere is out of stock, Right, if you wanted hand sand, like all that shit was out of stock. So much so, you had alcohol um, manufacturers like creating it, like doing it. Because, you know, it's a simple, it's a little tweak to their system that would allow them to be able to make it. But all of this stuff, it, it was nowhere to be found. Right, so if you found some, you ordered it. Right, and that's what happened. They ordered you some masks, ordered you some masks because you were begging for them, and now, now you want had the audacity to complain about it. Go fuck yourselves, man. Listen, now you look what you could have said. Right, this situation could have been handled so much differently. Right, you look at it and go. Oh, just so you know, we have just discovered that this company, Medwell, they are shady as fuck. So, probably best to not do business with them. You know what I mean? And be like, oh, thanks, we didn't know that. Yo, know, we, we tried to do due diligence, but it's a crazy time, right? So, we appreciate you letting us know. We are cancelling all future orders. We won't do this with them anymore. Boom. Situation sorted. Now, if after that, you find that they've, you know, they're still doing deals, then you can really go at them. But right now, right now, it just seems very fucking two-faced. Very fucking two-faced. You know? Now... Listen, if they knew from the giddy up that, you know, this was not good, then, yeah, that's not great. That's not great at all. But then ask yourselves, right, how badly did you want those masks? You know what I mean? How badly... At the start of April, when everyone was crying and begging, how badly did you want those masks? You know what I mean? Think about that, you little fuck faces. You know what I mean? Fucking assholes.
Okay, so there's some horrific fucking stories out there, man. So, um, supposedly, right? Man, see, there's been 1,200 online grooming crimes, you know, in the UK between April and June. Between April and June. Right? Because of lockdown. There's these fucking nasty fucking things happening. And um, this article that I saw, it's on the BBC website, right? It's called Online Grooming, My Modelling Job Turned Out to Be a Gang Rape Trap. And um, this girl, right, who's 17, says that a woman approached her on... um, Instagram, you know, the woman was posing as a modeling scout and invited her to a video shoot in central London. Um, so she goes, like, she goes, but there's no woman when she gets to this spot. And she's met by a guy, met by a guy who tells her um, he's the manager, takes her to a, a f- you know, an apartment, takes her to an apartment. Like, so straight away, that should be fucking red flags. But yeah, takes her to an apartment. And as soon as they get inside, he forces himself on her. So I don't, I, it sounds like sexual intercourse wasn't had. You know, but she says that half an hour later, the woman who she was talking to comes into the room with some condoms right, and she says that she overheard, she overheard the woman talking on the phone, saying something along the lines of, she's here, come over, right, and so the girl says that she's like, oh, she, she kind of felt that, yeah, they're, they're bringing more dudes over to all just, yeah, fucking rape her, so she then says that she convinced the guy that she was on her period, and she needed to go and get some sanitary products, which I am surprised, right, I am real surprised that they let her do it, you know, because I kind of imagine that if you're going to rape someone, you don't really care about their well-being. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, oh, listen, love, we're going to rape you. But look, we've got sheep down pillows. You know what I mean? Crazy soft bed. You know, real soft. It's ergonomic. Yeah? We got some fucking green tea so you'll stay hydrated throughout. Right? We're going to throw you some lunch. 
You know, when we're finished, we we make you dinner and put you in a new home. You know what I mean? It's, it's like it's it's not like they're gonna be looking after you. You know what I'm saying? But they did let her, right? So I think the guy took her to this spot, and um, when she went in, she told the woman behind the counter her predicament. Woman told her to lock herself in the toilets and call the police. So she avoided a very, a very nasty fucking fate. I mean, I am sure, you know what I mean? Even if, you know, there was no sex before the woman came in with the condoms, I'm sure that was not pleasant. Because I'm sure this dude, you know, he wasn't, you know, oh, tell me about your life. How, what your interests, what makes you happy? No, I imagine he was feeling her up. Um, he, he might have made her fucking give him a blow. Like, there was probably some grimy shit, right? So even if she got away with... You know, no gang rape It was an ordeal Right, it was definitely an ordeal And Like, the thing that seems Crazy about all of this Right Is Like, everyone just wants to go Oh You know Social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they need to do better, right? They need to do better to protect people. They need to do this. They need to do that. And you're like, well, yes. I mean, look, there are definitely things that these, you know, social media companies, Google and other you know, platforms and the like could probably do to help, you know, this whole situation. But I will say, I am sure that, you know, these people don't set up accounts like, um, oh, you know, gang rape group. <laughs> Join if you want to gang rape. You know, there's no groups like this set up. So how are you going to really monitor it all? Like, you you might have people kind of looking out for certain words or stuff like that. That could be a thing, but that's not foolproof, man. You know what I'm saying? That's not foolproof. Now, I kind of feel, listen, we always want to blame, like... These tools, these these tools like social media, but surely, surely, right? Shouldn't it be more the education, right? The education and all of that, because, listen, as I said, this should never happen. But what the fuck is anyone doing like, turning up to something like that, I mean, let's be real, how many times, really, do um, modelling agencies tell you to do shit like that, now, listen, don't get, I am, I sure, 
that some people were discovered in a way like this. You know, we, we do have heard that people uh, were in shops and someone sees someone and goes, oh, we'd like you to be this. But I imagine it's a bit more professional. You know, especially when you're told to meet someone, like come to my office on Harley Street or something, something, not turn up at some fucking flats. And what's the, what's the girl doing? Right, firstly, it's lockdown. So you shouldn't have been even been out or traveling. So there is that. But she's 17. And she turns up, she turns up on her own, like anything where it's a bit like you usually bring your peoples with you, you know what I'm saying, so there there should be something, right, there should be education in school, now like all these fucking idiots that are like, don't teach our kids sex, don't teach our kids, shut the fuck up, you need to ensure that these people Understand that shit like this is crazy. That there are people who are there trying to lure them. And it's not just girls. This shit will happen to guys as well. Right? You have to be clued up. Like, just this whole scenario. It screams a dodgy. You know what I mean? Screams dodgy. And if you turn up and you see a dude waiting, like, surely you go, yeah, I ain't going there. Like, I'm meant to be meeting a woman, and uh, that's a dude. No. Right? They need, like, you need to educate people so they they don't fall for this stuff. Now, there's always going to be some that do, you know? But let's try and limit those fucking numbers, right? Bring something to schools, like just have some. Look, there's all these adverts for betting and you know, like all all these other things. Let's talk about this shit. Like, there needs to be more conversations. Like, people definitely need to be fucking smarter. And you know what it is. It's this whole situation right now where everyone wants things but don't really want to put the work in. You know what I mean? Don't really want to put the work in. So it's like, oh, oh, they say if I do this, I'll be famous. All right, I'm going to do it. I want to be famous. I can talk about it on Instagram and my social media and Snapchat and blah, blah, blah. People, come on. We need to think, we need to educate the fucking youngsters. Not any, hey, I'm sure it can happen to people who are not just 17, older people. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's plenty of girls who, and as I said, dudes who, you know, early 20s. I imagine. Hey, people still want to do dirty things to people. So, you know, they will lure anyone, so, yeah, education programs, put it in the, you know, the curriculum, people, this cannot fucking happen, this really cannot, and we can't blame social media and expect them to do all the work to fix it, 
No, no, no. Buck doesn't stop there, people. Buck doesn't stop there. Okay, so the high courts in the UK, um, they've just uh, decided on uh, a really important case, actually. Something that I believe we spoke about last year, but it's around the use of puberty blockers for, um, yeah, kids, basically under 16s. Because there was an NHS trust, the Tavistock and Portman one, that was, um, yeah, <laughs> giving this treatment out. And they've given it to thousands, thousands of young people, which is pretty insane, really. Now, this isn't a um, a conversation around you know, becoming transgender, you know, having a transition, because, yeah, look, that is fine, that's up to, you know, that, that's up to a person, you know, and them trying to feel just comfortable in who the hell they are, right, that isn't the issue, I think the, the, the real big issue is, should you give puberty blockers to someone under 16? I mean, really, should you give puberty blockers to, um, or anything that will block the hormones to anyone under 24? Because I believe it's 24 when your kind of brain and all of that kind of stuff stops, right? I believe that's right. So, yeah, to fuck with it any earlier, because that's the thing with steroids, you know, it fucks with the testosterone, you, you mess around with steroids, they, they fuck around with your testosterone, and you can't, I believe you can't produce it, or you produce it at a terribly low level, which then you need treatment for, um, and you need to take drugs, Right, so you can get TRT, and your testosterone is at a um, you know, a, a, a good level to actually function. Because yeah, when it comes to um, you know, renal glands and things such as that, this is all very important for development, growth, and function. So, with inhibiting puberty. You fuck with so much stuff, so much stuff, it, it's not just, oh, you know, it, it might stop someone's balls from dropping and, you know, developing um, to make a transition to another gender easier, no, visit. It's not like they go in and go. Okay, we're gonna stop that, but we all this other stuff. You can keep going. No, drugs aren't selective like that. It's gonna fuck everything. You know, it's gonna shut down the lot. Oh, and the crazy thing about it all, right? Listen, if you know a, an NHS trust or just any health organization were to do something like this, you would hope, 
you would hope that they would really, really get into it, you know, really get into it with the person, but they gave this one um, girl, Kira Bell, three one-hour assessments, three one-hour assessments, like, what the fuck is that, like, that is not enough time, that is so not enough time, you know what I mean, because firstly, people lie, (laughs) people lie all the time, right, how many times have you heard people talk about themselves going to therapy, and they're like, oh yeah, I don't tell, you know, I don't tell my therapist everything, (laughs) like, (laughs) you know what I mean, is when it comes to certain questions, people are very hesitant, especially if they don't know the person, so you kind of would need enough time to understand and have a comfortability around conversations before you can really get into anything and be like, okay, how are you feeling about your body? You know what I mean? So there is so much that goes into this. So... Yeah, it is very reckless to do, but luckily, the high courts agree, the high courts agree, and they have ruled that, uh, yeah, this shouldn't happen, you know, Um, now, what they said, you know, because there was three, um, three people in attendance, right, you had, uh, Dame Victoria Sharp, um, you had, uh, Miss Justice Levine, and Lord Justice Lewis, right, and they said, it is highly unlikely that a child aged 13 or under would be competent to give consent to the administration of puberty blockers. It is doubtful that a child aged 14 or 15 could understand the way and weigh the long-term risks and consequences of the administration of puberty blockers. You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that's true. They also said, in respect of young persons age 16 and over, the legal position is that there is a presumption that they have the ability to consent to medical treatment, given the long-term consequences of the clinical interventions at issue in this case, and given the treatment is as yet innovative and experimental, we recognise that clinicians may well regard these as cases where the authorization of the court should be sought prior to commencing the clinical the clinical treatment. So yeah, they even realise that sixteen-year-olds, yeah, there's a plenty of sixteen-year-olds that aren't really, you know, in the position to make that sort of judgment, look, when 17-year-olds can be duped 
into nearly falling into a gang ramp gang rape scenario i think it kind of shows that you know judgment isn't quite there at an early age and it's not saying people are dumb it's just you don't have the full experience you know shit changes you know the amount of things that people kind of think at an early age and then you know they hit their late 20s early 30s and they're like no (laughs) i do not think that anymore hey even right even when they get to 20 they're thinking differently now obviously not on everything it's not across the board but it is a thing and people cannot say that that's not true you know just how many times have you heard like little kids go i want to be a fireman and then they you know they leave school go to university and they take finance you're like your views change because your sphere of influences changes as well right when you're in a household of um look say you're in a household of mainly women Right, and as a little a little boy, all your friends are girls. Right? People wanna be like the people they're hanging out with. So you could easily have a little boy go, I wanna be like Jenny. You know? But that's not saying chop my dick off, I wanna be a girl. No, that's the little kid being, ah, I love the people I hang out with. You know what I mean? But you you have to understand that now are there going to be little kids that go i do not feel comfortable um i think i might be you know the opposite sex and then over the years you know that view is the same you know it, there's definitely go you know what i mean i would definitely say that there's there will be a few like that, but right, I, I look. It is it's definitely a um, a fluid situation, right? But I kind of feel that look, you can make the environment that you know someone doesn't feel comfortable in their body and might want to transition. They will feel fine, right? Because we're not saying they can't, you know, change the way they dress or anything like that. You know, people can refer to them as a different name. That's all good. They can do those things. And I think that helps with the way that you feel, right? Because it's about acceptance. So, But it's just changing the body at such an early age. You know, that's the concerning and worrying thing. There's there are a high rate of um you know suicides and things like that for people that you know do these things and then get it wrong. You know, so I think it, it's good. It you know it, it's good that the courts have ruled on this. You know, so you're not going to get 
16-year-olds. Look, really, you know, they were doing operations, uh, well, doing this thing to 10-year-olds. 10-year-olds, which is crazy. So, hey, it gives people time to actually properly think and assess these situations. But as I said, look, it doesn't mean that you know people that have these um you know i think gender kind of concerns you know they have this uncertainty of who they are yeah still do everything else you can to make them feel comfortable and happy so, you know what I mean? If a kid wants to dress up, who cares? Let them dress. Let them change the way they dress. Call them a different name. It's not hurting anyone. You know what I mean? So we can do that, right? But, yeah, let, let's keep the permanent stuff until you can, um, you know, make sure all your thoughts are aligned. Yeah, so <sighs> good on the courts. I do find because there's a charity mermaid, and they're all they're crazy against this. You know, right? they are crazy, which I do find is odd, right? I do find it odd because I'm like, surely they understand. Everything that goes into all of this You know what I mean But yeah, they're just like Nope, it should be so Yeah, which kind of I feel it kind of gives you concerns About the charity Just in a whole Right, because If if they feel That, you know 10 year olds should be given puberty blockers even if they could, it could have a detrimental effect later on in life, what the fuck is this charity doing, right? Where is this charity's moral compass? Yeah, it is concerning, it's worrying, but at least, at least right now, there is some clarity, you know what I mean? So, good stuff. I have to say, people are fucking hilarious, right? People are fucking hilarious. Remember how everyone was, you know, writing comments on social media. You know, they're targeting people. Be like, I think you should say something. I think you should show your support for Black Lives Matter. I think you should declare your pronouns. I think you should do this. You should speak on this. You should speak on that. Right? That's what everyone's doing. Everyone's fucking... People are still doing it. Like, people were going at Gina Carano for not having pronouns in her fucking bio. But, right? (laughs) This is the thing. Then, Nike make an advert. Because, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, organisations don't show diversity, they don't do this, you know, they perpetuate certain images and thoughts and blah, 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 right? 
So Nike put out an advert for um, the Japanese market that dealt with experience, like discrimination, and they used the use ex- used experience of free people to tell a story. Now, <laughs> a load of people are going at them. A load of people are going at them for doing this. It is hilarious. Right? You've got, um, there's this guy, an author called Steve McGuinness. And um, he, he said this. Endemic racism is going to be a sensitive topic in any culture, but Nike should not think as a foreign brand that is appropriate for them to point it out to their hosts. They are crudely putting a spotlight onto a subject that many feel should be off limits to guests. It's a huge own goal by Nike. I'm like this, right? If, you know, if we... Go around and and feel that we can say, oh, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. You should, um, you know, you should change your adverts, right? You should, it's inappropriate for you to do this or use that language, blah, blah, blah. Then what are we, what are we doing? Like, what the fuck are we saying here? Yo, Nike... And all these organizations, they're global, right? They are global. So they should, you know, deal with shit everywhere. They should, you know, show representation for, you know, every fucking culture. Do you really just want to see adverts with white people? You know what I mean? Do you, like, when... Fucking, you know, they have an advert with a female lead, right? You're fine with that. You're fine with that. So, what's the difference here? There's no fucking difference. So, when, if Nike put out an advert, because remember, they then started, they, you know, they got Colin Kepernick as a spokesperson. Everyone was fine with that. You know, no one had an issue with them. I mean, some people had an issue, but like the greater, you know, amount of people thought it was good that Nike took a stand and got Colin Kaepernick involved as a brand ambassador. It's the same fucking thing, you dumb dums. Right? They they, you know, did a whole thing about race with Colin. So why shouldn't they do a thing about race for their Japanese ambassadors? They they deal with Japanese athletes. You know, they've got Japanese athletes as ambassadors as well. It's not just American. It's not just fucking English, you assholes. So their Japanese, you know, ambassadors are probably feeling, you know, Man, it is shit how certain things are in a company. Hey, they might have approached Knight and be like, yo, you did that thing with Colin. Can we do a similar thing? You're going, oh, only these people can speak on this thing. Well, that's bullshit. Because how many white people, like, want to jump up and go, oh, 
oh, you can't do that. That's inappropriate to black people. And black people are just like, oh, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? So if that's fine, you you feel that's fine. But this isn't. Yo, you're blurring the fucking lines, motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Like, what are you saying? You know, because you need to write it down. What you feel is appropriate and what isn't. Because you are sending mixed fucking messages. Don't you think? Huh? Just a little bit? (laughs) Like, just because, you know, people don't want to talk about something doesn't mean it shouldn't be talked about, I'm, I'm sure there was a load of people that didn't really want to talk about slavery, oh, should we keep our mouth shut, right, there's a load of people that don't want to talk about domestic abuse, the fact that they beat up their partners, should we, you know, not talk about that, we, we don't want to make them feel uncomfortable, right, huh, yeah, think about that, Right? Just think about that for a moment. Yeah. I'm going to let you sit and stew on that point, you fucking dum-dums. Okay, so last week we talked about the Grammys, right? And, um, you know, the disgruntlement of the weekend, along with just the the poor labelling of the awards... You know, replacing urban and calling it progressive. It's just, it's lazy, it's kind of rubbish. And, you know, I said at the time, why do we always, every year, complain about these awards, right? Either shut up, create something new, you know? Or just forget about awards. Because really, they don't mean anything. You know? Uh, So, it's funny, this week, right? Drake has come out. And um, he said, I think we should stop allowing ourselves to be shocked every year by the disconnect between impactful music and these awards. This is a great time for somebody to start something new that we can build up over time and pass on to the generations to come. So that's where it gets shaky. There's Drake has had a like, you know, Drake's had a history of being unhappy with the awards, right? Um, yeah, so I read in, um, 2018, uh, you know, he, he didn't want to, he didn't submit his album, More Life for Consider, um, you know, for consideration at the awards, and the year before, he was irritated about Hotline Bling, being nominated on winning best rap song, right? And he said, even though Hotline Bling is not a rap song, the only category they can manage to fit me in 
is a rap category. Maybe because I've rapped in the past, or because I'm black, I can't figure out why. I won two awards last night, but I don't even want them because it just feels weird for some reason. You know, so he's talked about the shit. Yeah, like, and the year before, so then the following year, right, it says that he criticised them on TV. And he said, I want to take this opportunity while I'm up here to just talk to all the kids that are watching this, aspiring to do music. Right. Um, I want to let you know we're playing in opinion based sport, not a factual based sport. So it's not the NBA where at the end of the year you're holding a trophy because you made the right decisions or won the games. So he's talked on this matter. It's it's not just a fault he's had. So when he says, you know, this is the perfect time for someone um to start something new, right? That's the issue. Because I don't think we can just keep on being like, oh, someone should change this. Someone should do something about this. Someone should, like, no one's going to do. Like, why is someone going to, you know, or or why is the Grammys going to go, you know what? Yes, let's create this. Let's change it. No, I think you have to give the idea or at least the blueprint of, like, it might not be the finished thing, but then everyone can come together and work it out, right, but just to go, oh, yeah, I feel we should do something new, that, that's no incentive for anyone to initiate that change, you know, I, I, I you know, I just, I feel all the artists come together, Right, and they they create a um, huh? What do they um? What do what do they call those things in America? It's the ten um, here, like amendments, right? That's it. Is everyone's talking about the Second Amendment? Yes, it's the amendments, right? So look, create amendments, you know, and. If you say, right, so we will say these are our categories for music, you know, you can be like soul, rap, country, no, whatever, whatever, whatever categories you want to make, right, you say these are the categories, and then you say, um, and then you could say, and this is for hybrids. You know, because that that sound isn't quite anything. You can go, right, and that goes in that one, right? But then you work it out, right? You go, how do we judge who wins this award each year? So whether it is, you know, the number one downloads, right? The number one sales, the the, the amount of airplays, whatever you want to do, but set the criteria, and then that's it, you know, then that's it, 
and then you're judging people on on tangible things you know things that you can look up you know things you can quantify because if it's just a popularity then hey you're always going to get someone that's going to be unhappy right but if it's sales then that's down to you and your label you know that's you and your label creating the incentive to make people buy it and you can put things in place to go okay it's got to be general public sales you know like you can't get an organization to buy up you know 100 million copies for giveaways that doesn't count you know but work out the criteria that i feel that's if you worked that out and said listen I think we all come together, we do this, this and this and this, agree it, seal it, then that's the awards. You have to say something like that. It's not just, uh, someone just think of something and we'll go with it. Because how is it going to be any better? How do you know it's going to be any better? You know what I mean? I mean, wasn't that the kind of idea for title? You know, that streaming platform that artists invest in it and then they all have shares. They're all now owners and they all receive a percentage of the profits. So I think you need something where everyone is invested. Because I do agree. Right. When the Grammys replied to the weekend and said, you know, there are a lot of deserving people that didn't get nominated. You know, because there definitely is. I mean, there always is. But how do you decide? That's the big question. How do you decide who should get the award? Because when you look at the Oscars, that's just a hot mess. Right? There's every year you award a best film. Right? You're the best film. And there's also the best director, the best actor, the best actress, the best screenwriter. And it's just like, hold on. Surely the best film is the best film because. They had a great director, they had a great screenwriter, they had a great cast. Like, it's not a great film, but, meh, the script was shit. You read or the actors weren't very good. Like, there's everything needs to come together for that to be the best film. So the fact that you can have the best film, but then that film's director doesn't win best director... There's a disconnect there. Like, the Oscars make no sense. You know? Like, there's, if you actually looked at it and was like, oh, what was the best film? You should, Surely you kind of would go, it's the film everyone went to see on repeated occasions. Now, if it was that, then, like, Fast and the Furious would have won a best film Oscars. You know what I mean? At, at some point, they would have won that award. 
but that's not the case. So, awards, they don't make any sense, right? When you are looking at something that is meant to be going, this is the thing that everyone likes, right? When actually we have an indicator of what everyone likes, but we're not using that. So, you know, like, awards make no sense, these award ceremonies make no sense, like, there's multiple film award ceremonies, and the same film doesn't win, you know, the same awards every time, sometimes you have, like, the Golden Globes and the Oscars mirror up, a lot of times they do not, but then you've got, like, you know, a whole heap of others, and you look at things like Cannes and the Berlin, Toronto, London, there's all these film festivals, and there's films that are submitted at the same festivals, they don't win, the, the, the you know, those same awards, right, so awards are very much dependent on the people deciding them, so, what do you want, right, what do you want to replace the Grammys? And that is, if the Grammys are willing to, like, step aside, which kind of feel that they must make money from that shit. So why are they going to be like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we're going to step down. We're going to take a bow right now. <laughs> no. So... I, these are the things that need to be considered and put in play. But you can't just say, huh, someone should do something. <laughs> it's not going to wash. It's not going to fucking wash, man. <sighs> but, hey, you know, you do you. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, it means nothing to me. Right, but as a if I was a recording artist, I'd kind of feel that yeah, I'd have thoughts on this shit. So let's see who does. Let's see who decides to step up and go, let's change this shit. Okay, people, is it's Wednesday, which means as well as your echoes from the void, also there's an episode of Chin Checkout. So, if you want to find out what the biz is for the upcoming Saturday UFC card, make sure you go listen, alright? So, once you're done with this, go check that out. Hey, share it with your friends. Make a little flutter. Do what you need to do. But, make it a Chin Check Wednesday, people. Alright, now let's get back to business. Okay, so this week I checked out a show called Paranormal. Now, I thought it was um, a, a, a thing by those, uh, you know, the guys that made Wallace and Gromit. Right? I, I thought it was that. I think they had a, a, a show called Paranormal, Norman, 
or something like that. I thought it was that. It wasn't. <laughs> this, this was an, you know, an, an Egyptian TV series, which, uh, yeah, definitely threw me. <laughs> At first, I'm like, wait, I don't think this is uh, by the Wallace and Gromit guys. <laughs> as soon as you see the Arabic and you hear, hear them talking, you're like, oh, okay. But gotta say i was interested right so it's actually based on um some books right but uh, it says book a series of books by um ahmed khalid Tawifik. uh yeah of the same name i believe um the arabic is what mawara al taabi um, yeah, so you've got that. The um, TV series is directed by Amar Salama and Majid Al-Ansari. Uh, the composer is Khalid Al-Kamar. And um, we've got Ahmed Amin, who plays uh, the lead, Dr. Rafit Ismail. Um we then have uh, Sama Ibrahim as Rifa Ismail, his um, sister, I think. Um, we've got Rashidi Al Shami as Rida Al Sami, his brother. Um, we've got uh, Razan Jamala as Maggie McKillop. He's, um, hmm. Well, they used to go to university together. Yeah, let's say that. We got Aya Samaha as Hawida Abdel Mamouin, who is a, well, is his fiance. Yeah. Is it's just this odd situation, um, and Reem Abd El Kadar, who plays Shiraz, a ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now the um the gist of the show is this: Rafat Ismail, a cynical hematologist with a dark sense of humor goes through a journey of doubt as his world is turned upside down after his lifelong scientific convictions are questioned the plot commences in 1969 when rafat enters his 40s and begins to experience paranormal activities throughout the season Rafat is accompanied by his university colleague Maggie as they enter the paranormal world and try to save their loved ones from the immense danger that surrounds them. The story is, as I said, it's based on uh, a set of books. So it's six episodes, right? They're about 45, 50 minutes each. And I would say, I mean, the description isn't quite 
right. Okay. Because, yeah, Rafa, he's always known of the paranormal. Okay. So, because we start off, right, and um, you have him and his, you know, siblings and friends playing uh, hide and seek. Although they're doing it in a in a weird way, right? It's not quite the way, uh, you know, I think we used to play hide and seek. But, you know, it is what it is, right? And so they're playing and he, he meets a girl, right? So he meets a girl and all him and his friends, they all see her and they're hanging out with her. And they, like, they hook up with her every day. And um, they then he realizes that she must be a ghost. But she falls over, cracks her head open, and then it just heals in front of him. So they all kind of realize, oh, she's a ghost, right? And then he sees her, right? Even when they leave the house in which that happens in, yeah he always sees her and i believe his friends and siblings see her as well but he kind of pretends he doesn't so he's always known the paranormal is there right um but it kind of intrudes even more into his life right now what happens, you know, so the series, so we start off with that, and then we jump forward. Now, what you don't realize, I think, because, you know, all the writing is in Arabic, you know, so they, sometimes it's subtitled, you know, like, if there's writing on a wall, it might come up as blah, blah, bum and say what it is, you know, and things like that, but the dates weren't so you know it starts off in the 60 1960 um and then it jumps forward in time but yeah we we're not quite we i think it's hard to decipher that um but yeah we we jump forward and now he's at his sister's for his birthday and his sister is invited you know this girl over Huida, um, who yet yeah, is his fiance, and she's trying to get them to talk more. Now it's an arranged marriage, um, and Huida is his cousin, which definitely it throws you right. Now it's a cultural thing. I I know. Uh, I went to university with, um, yeah, an Indian girl who. Uh, ended up marrying her cousin. Like, it was crazy, because she was just, like, all against it. And then one, one in our last year, she was just like, oh, I'm going to have to go back to India for summer holidays. And she did, and then came back married. <laughs> and we're just like, wait, what? <laughs> but, yeah, it's something, it, I think, culturally, it's an, it's, you know, it seems like an odd thing, but I think... It's something that happens a lot in different cultures. Now, it doesn't say what level of cousin, because I know the girl I went to uni with, she, 
that was her, I think, third cousin, something like that, removed type of thing. Um, but we don't know what level of cousin Huida is. But essentially, she seems to really want to get married. But And when you think about the time period, that definitely makes sense, right? I mean, culturally, it would still make sense now to, uh, to degrees. But definitely back then, it makes even more so. But you kind of get the sense that Rafat isn't really into it. He's not really into it, but he's turning 40. He's old because he looks oh, way older than 40. <laughs> he really is haggard. He is so fucking haggard. So, yeah, you kind of get the sense that, right, he feels, ah, I should. And it will at least stop his sister from nagging at him. But, um, yeah, we, we, we're getting all of this. And essentially, right, he's seeing, as I said, the, the, the ghost thing, like Shiraz, she's kind of appearing a bit more often. And in our first episode, she appears to his, uh, to his nephew, and so, like, the first episode essentially is this um, situation where he's trying to save his nephew, right? Now, every episode kind of goes the ghost of the, the week route, which is a bit odd because there is this ongoing storyline that goes throughout so when you suddenly then jump to this new thing it is a bit like sometimes it's done in a way that does feel a bit jarring right so um i think it's the second episode it's dealing with a um a mummy right and that situation although the actual story itself you're like yeah cool okay you're you're fine with the story and the episode is good but uh, the, the just shift right from the thing that's been established in the first episode is a bit like what you know it's kind of weird but um yeah it is interesting. Now, one thing is, right, like with the X-Files, it happens with this. Because you've got, you know, people that are like, oh, it must be ghosts. And then Rafat be like, no, no, what are you doing? No, it's not. And that does, it becomes jarring because it makes no sense. You know what I mean? Because it's like... As a kid, you hung out with a ghost, right? You saw this ghost. You played with this ghost all the time. You then nearly die because of the ghost. Yeah, like in a, like as a kid, the ghost is this, he's like, I'll never leave you. Because his friends dis don't want to hang out with her anymore when they figure find out it's a ghost. So they leave. He goes back and he's just like, 
oh no, I, you're nice. I like hanging with you. And um, he's like, I'll never leave you. And she's like, really? Really? I know a way which we can always be together. And um, basically, she she kind of tries to get him to jump off a roof. Well, she's she he's following her. She's appears on the this other roof. She's just like, jump over here. The thing's over here. And when you look at it from one angle, it doesn't look like it's a huge jump. Then you see it from another one and it's just like. <laughs> so um, you kind of get the impression she basically wants him to die. So they'll be ghosts to together kind of thing. And um, yeah, so we have this thing established. And so he's hung out with these ghosts. He's dealt with them. Then, you know, he, oh, he sees even more evidence in this situation, especially when his nephew describes the same girl, everything. Right. And then throughout, there's even more stuff, the whole mummy situation and all of this. And he's still going, there's no such thing. And really shouting at people. It's not just like, nah, I don't believe in that. It's just like, oh, no, I don't believe in that. And you're like, yo, calm down, son. Hear me? You ain't, you don't look healthy. You're going to have a heart attack. But it's, yeah, that, that's a little insane, right? And, it, it, and it's so odd. You, it then kind of bleeds over. So spinning out of the Pharaoh mummy episode, we then have them have to travel to the deserts of um, Libya, which that i mean it's an interesting one right it's a fun episode there are some ropey cgi <laughs> i ain't gonna lie with the guardian of the cave that's a little ropey but you know yeah for the most part the effects are good right but um yeah there's even more shit in this episode but the crazy thing is after Everything that they just did in the episode before, he does some uh, real reckless shit that kind of puts his friends at risk. You know what I mean? Which is just like, what are you doing? And the other thing that's insane that they do in this episode, they actually, they do in every fucking episode, right? There's, there's a situation and they're exploring or looking for something. And it's just like, okay, you go down there. I'll go down here. You go down there. And you're just like, what are you? Right. You understand that there is some real dangerous shit going on. You never split up. Like, you never split up. What are you doing? You know, even in the 60s, there, there's like books and films there's still that that shows all of that shit and the perils of so you're just like why are you splitting up you crazy motherfuckers but yeah he's he's doing this stuff that is really really putting people in danger and you're just like you son of a bitch man 
<laughs> you're an arsehole. <laughs> like he is a he really is an arsehole. Which does baffle you because the whole Maggie situation, like essentially it, it's hard to understand if they actually dated when they were at university or if there was that thing between them and it never really happened, right? Because you do get the sense of things didn't didn't go in a certain direction because, like, Maggie alludes to the fact that Rafat never says what he's actually feeling. So I don't know yet, and I don't think it's really established if they dated, dated, you know, had a full-on relationship or if, you know, there was just all this sexual tension and all of this. But yeah, because of Rafat, they didn't. But she's she was married, right? Um, Rafat knew that. But now she's divorced. He didn't know that. So she's come over. And um, I think she's come to see if they might get it on. And he's always... because throughout the series we get his inner monologues right and he's always like oh i really love maggie and maggie blah, 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 boom. but he's a complete arsehole to her all the time now he does some nice he like saves her and does things like that but he is an arsehole but we never understand he's never established why the fuck she likes him Right? Because he is a straight-up arsehole. He also now looks... He looks so much older than her. He looks haggard like a motherfucker. And, listen, it's not all about looks, right? But his personality is not great. So we don't actually know what the fuck Maggie is uh, seeing here. Right, so it does make this whole thing a little odd. Because you're just like, what is going on? Like, again, with Huida, because you do get the sense that Huida does actually like him. And with that, again, you're like, why? <laughs> like, if he was nicer, you might get it. But he's just not. Right? He just really isn't. Um, I think throughout the series, you do get this interesting way that they film it, right? I think there's a lot of camera shifts that definitely work in giving you that um, kind of perception of space. Because, yeah, as I said, like, when they're on the roof... You didn't really think the distance was that much, but then the cameras show you, and you're like, oh, fuck, right? And they do that well a lot. In some of the later episodes, they do do this kind of, and they do it in the others, but I think in the later episodes, it becomes a bit, man, I don't know, it just became a bit much. Like the circle circle shots around Rafat, you're just like, you don't need to do this all the time, just stay still. Please, please, just stay still. But, uh, yeah, it, you know, these guys, they bring a, a, a kind of different element to the show, 
which is interesting, you know? I think it, it does um, make it stand out a bit, right? But, yeah, it's interesting, right? We get these different episodes that kind of follow this different stuff, but they all are all linked. They're all linked. And I think the conclusion of the show, right, it is, it is interesting, right? It's interesting in what they, they kind of show you. Like this whole, um, there's this whole dream sequence. Oh, I will say, there is this thing that happens that they see in one about, um, oh gosh. I think it's around the incubus, right? And um, Rapat's brother and all of this. Now, it doesn't make so like, I have to say, what happens at the very end of that episode, it doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense, I kind of felt, right? Because in when they're in the lake, you kind of think, wait, but why didn't you go back? I didn't understand that. I didn't understand why he didn't go back right away. Or even grab at him at the same time. Right? That was a bit baffling. Now, as I said, look, the end is very... Like, I like the way they did it with the kind of um, illusions and all of that. And they have set it up for a, uh, you know, another season. And as I said, look, it's based on a book series, so there's more books, so yes, there's more material. The, I think, what the ghost says, though, at the end, is a huge kind of, like, it's a 180 on the events you see in the first episode. Right? Because it's just like, oh, I've always been trying to help you. But then it's just like, but what about that thing in the first episode then? Because that, that's, I don't know about that. Right? That doesn't add up. And then the whole reveal. You get this thing revealed, which you're just a bit like, oh, come on. What? What? And it and it, it's a little mm, I don't know, it's a little out there. Ain't gonna lie, it's a little out there, right? But I will say I would check out season two. I would definitely check out season two. Because although there are the odd there are odd things in this, right? And things that, you know, as I said about his inability to believe I mean, he does at the end, but at, throughout, he wasn't. That was a little jarring. But, yeah, there is enough here that was interesting, different. Oh, gosh, I thought I was going to sneeze. That definitely makes you want to, um, yeah, check out more. So, uh, I would say, look, if you like stuff like... Um, 
Stranger Things, Supernatural, X-Files. Yeah, I think you'll dig this. But yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. And hats off to Netflix for, um, you know, because they are definitely making a lot more foreign shows, right? Which is all good. But I like the way that this isn't your typical. You know what I mean? That they just went and did something completely different. You know, an Egyptian horror. You're like, damn. Yeah, I dig that. So, yeah, check it out, people. Paranormal. It is different, and it's, it is kind of fun. All right? Okay, so I decided to get back into the world of the Grey Man. And I checked out Book Free ballistic so this is um you know the series is written by mark greenery and it's narrated by jay snyder 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 yeah you know uh so the gist of the book is this after court gentry was betrayed by his compatriots and forced to take on a near suicidal covert mission by the cia he thought he could find refu refuge, refuge even, living in the Amazon rainforest. But his bloody past finds him when a vengeful Russian crime lord forces him to go on the run once again. Court makes his way to one of the only men in the world he can trust and arrives too late. His friend is dead and buried. Years before, Eddie Gamboya had saved Court's life. Now Eddie had been murdered by the notorious Mexican drug cartel. But he fought to um, take down. And Court soon finds himself drawn into a war he never wanted. But in this war, there are no sides, only survivors. So, um, yeah, this book is an interesting one, right? Because... It starts in a couple of places that you're not expecting because, you know, you're told this book is taking place in Mexico. So, um, yeah, it, it starts with, I believe it starts this way. We've got a, a covert team um, going onto a boat, right? Going onto a boat to track down this uh cartel boss but everything goes awry right so we have that then we're um yeah in the amazon right and you're just like wait wait wait, wait what? i thought we were in mexico but yeah we're in the amazon and um i have to say this i do enjoy this part of the book i really enjoyed right because we're um yeah, you know, it's kind of, hmm, I mean, you can guess what's going to happen, but it is told very well, I would say, right, and um, basically, cool. yeah, he's been working, doing logging and whatnot, and um, 
his cover is blown. Like, as he realizes people have been looking for him. Right? But the kind of description on Court's day, yeah, that's kind of, that gets you, right? Because he has to do this stuff in the Amazon. And then, like, um, oh, yeah, so, you know, the teams dive and there's watchers, you know, to make sure that crocodiles don't get you. And it's just like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, That's it. You, you have to, you know, give your safety to some people who are looking out. Like people who could get distracted or, you know what I mean? You dive in and there's motherfucking crocodiles. So it was just like, God damn, right? So we have all of this, but obviously Court has, you know, he's put some things in place in case, right? He's always, you know, being sensible, right? And so that's fun, right? Kind of um, getting the you know, the different ways in which he's mitigated for these situations. And I have to say, one of the things, god damn, it is, de it is definitely grim. Definitely grim. So we get all of this. And, um, you know, he's part of the escape he's getting across a river. But the way he's meant to go is blocked. So he has to swing. And there's crocodiles. And just the description of, you know, getting away from these crocodiles. Oh my. That had me just on edge. Right? It's crazy because it's a book. It's not real. It's not happening to you. But. I'm I'm just like uh, you know what I mean cringing I'm like oh no no uh, what the you know what I mean and I'm just like god damn you know what I mean you know when you're engaged when you're kind of that far in right so yeah all of that real enjoyable um but then he gets his you know he gets to Mexico and we get into the main story you know tracking down well i mean it's not even that right it kind of develops and um i it's not bad right it isn't bad but i will say i think one of the things that does get you is um like the people that are reluctant to do shit and, it, and it's just a bit like, wait, hold on. Are they really going to be people reluctant to do this stuff? Especially when they live in this place. So they understand, like, the, the crazy shit that goes on. Right? It, it, you're just a bit like, wait, are people really going to be? Oh, no. Right? So there's, yeah, there's definitely times when you, you're reading it and you're just like, ah. I mean, are people going to be like that or have you just put that in there just to give the book that friction? You know what I mean? 
so there is that and um right there's there's this one girl laura who always wants to pray and again it's just like whoa, 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 whoa. you're running for your lives are you really really looking to stop to pray I don't know, but listen, I don't know, because I'm not religious, so maybe, like, people would do that, but it is one of those things that you're just like, I don't know if I buy that, that's kind of crazy, right, um, and then obviously, you know, there, there, there's got to be the love interest, and it, it, it's just the way people kind of throw themselves into certain situations and that's a little bit mm, i don't know i don't know man but yeah other than those sort of things yeah you can get into what's going down i did think that there was a moment when things get a little bit hairy right <coughs> Oh, apologies. But yeah, things get a little bit hairy. And I'm just like, with everything that court has put in place previously, why didn't he do it this time? Like, why wouldn't he have on this occasion? So there was that. But I realized that, you know, they, they wanted to get, into a different kind of place for the book right so to get the character into this new situation like they wanted this thing to go down and that did that that was a feasible kind of place and time to do it but i was just a bit like mm, i kind of feel the yeah he'd have been a little more prepared Head. but um you know that didn't happen so um yeah it kind of you know it moves along and everything like that certain things happen and that's you buy that i mean the one thing that i don't man i don't think we ever really work out but it's just the um it's the idol Right, I don't think we ever really work out why the idol, you know? And I think that will become clear as you get into the book. But yeah, I thought that was a bit like, huh, I wonder why, right? Don't really know. But, um, you know, it, it moves along and people get their comeuppance. Which you'll be like, yep, glad that person did. Like, I, I would say there is, uh, you know, times when you just think, hmm, I, I mean, I could see that trusting that person was always going to be problematic. You know what I mean? Like, that just seems a little bit rash. But, uh, yeah. I mean, when you take aside some of the moments where yeah you're scratching you're a bit like wait why would they do that it is you know 
it's a fun book. It's an easy, you know, it's an easy listen, right? And um, it gets the job done. So, yeah, I, I would say that if you've been enjoying the Grey Man series, you will be on board for Ballistic. You know, it, it's um, as compelling, you know, as action-packed as the previous two. So, yeah, you know, wasn't bad. Ballistic wasn't bad. Um, looking forward to Deadeye to see... You know, where the grey man goes from here. Because, yeah, there is definitely more to be done. Right? So, um, yeah, we will see what happens in Deadeye. But, cool. Yeah, check it out. And, um, you know, Snyder, he does a good job with the narration. So, go grab the audio book, people. Okay, people, as we come to a close on another episode, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of TV. Well, man, they do say when one door closes, another one opens. Yeah, I don't believe that either. <laughs> but <laughs> Isabel Gomez, you know what I mean? She, she found out the other day that she'd lost a job. One day at a time was cancelled, but it seems, yeah, a new door's opened because she has just been cast in um, HBO, HBO Max's reboot of Head of the Class. She is going to be playing uh, the teacher role. So, uh, yeah, good news for her. Um... Yeah, all you CWDC fans, you might be pleased to hear that David Ramsey, otherwise known as John Diggle, is coming back. Yeah, so he's uh, coming back in two roles, right? So he's going to be directing... A number of episodes across uh, shows such as um, Superman and Lois, Supergirl, um, and a few others. And he's also going to be uh, reprising his uh, Diggle role um, in, you know, The Flash, Batwoman, Legends of Tomorrow, Superman and Lois. And Supergirl So, uh, yeah I have no clue who John Diggle is But I'm sure people that do Are gonna be happy to hear that news Um, right, this is a crazy one, right? So, I, I saw a Godfather TV series I was like, oh They're making The Godfather as a TV series yeah, that was kind of a repetition, right? But no, that's not what they're doing, right? They're making a TV series of the making of The Godfather. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I guess that could be interesting. Maybe it was a crazy situation. Who knows? But, you know, the series is going to be coming to Paramount Plus. 
Um, and Army Hammer has signed on to play Al Ruddy, who was a producer. Um, yeah, on the uh, on the um, Godfather. So the series is going to be called The Offer. Right, it's going to be ten episodes. Um, yeah, no word on who else is in it, but uh, Michael Tolkien is going to be writing and executive producing. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. We will uh, see what happens with that. Huh. I don't know, maybe there was like crazy stories and, you know, sit-downs with the real mob or something. I don't know. I guess we will have to watch the offer to find out. All right, well, it seems to be a thing, right? Because there's that um, show on Apple Plus, and I believe there's something else coming. But uh, Matthew Vaughn, he's throwing his hat into the mix with a TV series called Day One, which is about football or soccer, as you crazy fools in other parts of the world call it. It's going to be 10 episodes. Um, yeah, I know. It, it's basically um, going to be following a guy called Desmond King. And it says Desmond King and his crew. I mean, just like, ugh, shut the fuck up. But anyway, it's basically, you know, he plays for the Premier League, right? He's a young, young footballer. And it's just going to follow his rise and potential stumbles along the way. Right, Thierry Henry. You know what I mean? That footballing legend who was an Arsenal player and I will say had his best, his best form as a gunner. You know what I mean? Hey, it is what it is, people. You know, he's going to be starring as himself in the series and he is also executive producing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that, right? So I believe Doug Ellen and Chris Chase are going to be show running. Um, Vaughn, as of this minute, is directing the pilot. We'll see how many other episodes he uh, gets behind. Um, I, I think I missed this, right? Because I do not remember. But in 2018, there was a film blind spotting yeah i don't remember it man hmm but yeah they're making a tv series of it that is correct and um it will be coming to stars and a lot of the um you know the 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 people from the film will be reprising their roles but We've also got some new characters jumping in, such as Helen Hunt, um, Benjamin L. Turner, Atticus Woodard, Jaylene Barron, and Candice Nicholas Lipman. So, uh, yeah, 
I don't know if it, you know, how close it follows the uh, film. But it, it, they're saying, well, they're saying it's a continuation of the story. I don't know. It's eight episodes. They're going to be half an hour long. Um, so it says that it follows Ashley, who is on the verge of a middle-class life in Oakland when her partner Miles is suddenly incarcerated. She is forced to move in with Miles's mother, Rainy, triggering an existential crisis. The opinionated Rainy holds family above all else. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I might have to see if I can take a look at the film, see how good it is. Alright, so, um, yeah, I mean, this didn't last that long. Um, Amazon, a few months back, I think, what, two months ago in July, I believe. Or maybe it wasn't July. It might have been August. I don't know. It was a few months ago. But Amazon debuted their remake of Utopia, which, you know, had a great cast. You know what I mean? Rain Wilson, John Cusack, um, who else? You had Sasha Lane, uh, Corey Michael Smith, Dan Bide, Ashley LaForpe, Jessica Roof. Do you know what I mean? There was a good, yeah, it had a good little good cast. Yeah, Amazon have um, decided to cancel it. It is a darn. I don't know, like, I didn't think it was bad, you know what I mean, there was definitely parts of the story that I thought could have been covered a bit more, you know what I mean, but, yeah, I don't know, these things happen, I guess, I, like, there's no word on if it will or can be shopped around, because, you know, there is story there, and... Now, do you look at how many streaming services there are? So, I imagine that if it's available, someone might pick it up. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We will have to see. But, in some other, I don't know, crazy Amazon news, right? They, um, they will be airing the second and final part the Vikings, okay, so, I think, I believe the, you know, a few, so many episodes of the sixth season aired already on the History Channel, but the remaining ten episodes will um, hit Amazon on the 30th of December, which is kind of crazy, because they will still hit the History Channel, but um, no date is set. And when it does hit the History Channel, it will be in weekly installments, which is kind of like, yeah, it's a little baffling, because you'd have thought that probably most people would have seen it on Amazon by this point, but, I don't know, History Channel made, hey, it's money for History Channel either way, right? You know what I mean? Because Amazon have got to pay them to do this, so, you know. But it does mean that, uh, yeah, while people are, um, hey, 
enjoying that festive bullshit. You know, he's sitting around eating those leftovers and drinking that drink. You know, they've got some good TV to watch in the meantime. So, uh, yeah, you know, it isn't a bad situation. Now, Michael Hurst, who's the creator of Vikings, he's got a new situation coming, and that's going to be hitting the History Channel. So it's going to be a mini-series about, um, well, one of the first pandemics. (laughs) It's about the Black Death. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. I, and you know, just thinking about the Black Death, right? Because the thing that kind of got rid of it was the Great Fire. So I don't know. Do we need a fire? Do we need to burn shit down to get rid of all of this? Hmm. Hey, they do say things uh, go in circles, right? But um, yeah, the Black Death was in the mid 1600s. Right, 1660 Um, And the series is going to be called The Plague Year Right Um, Yeah So it is basically looking at a society in Tormel That finds Londoners leaving the city in droves So it could be present day Um, While those who remain whether by choice or not Have their resolve Tested And try to keep going As things fall to pieces It does sound Horribly familiar <laughs> So um, yeah Hurst is um, He's executive producing uh, Coleman Herbert Is writing the series So, you know, that could be fun, right? And he's also got, you know, the Vikings sequel, you know, Valhalla hitting Netflix. So that's kind of, he's got a lot on his plate. And talking about Netflix, let's end on this, all right? So, um, yeah, they have got a new series coming. Called uh, Lupin Right And um, Yeah I think it's based on um, You know I think books from uh, Maurice Leblanc um, About a character Arsene Lupin Right So this is a contemporary retelling You know They've modernised it Brought it into the current day and um, Omar Sy is going to be playing uh, Le Lupin, or is that La Lupin? I know he's going to be playing Lupin, right? Um, as a teenager, Arsène Diop's life was turned upside down when his father died after being accused of a crime he didn't commit. 25 years later, Arsene will use Arsene Lupin as his inspiration to avenge his father. This involves a high-stakes museum heist where he must steal the necklace of Marie Antoinette at an auction. 
Alright, so um, yeah, this will be hitting uh, the platform on the 8th of January. Uh, and along with Sai, we've got Ludovin Zagnia, Clotide Hezim, uh, Nicole Garcia, Herve Pierre, Soufine Gureb, Antoine Gui, Fagas Assad, Vincent Lundiz, and Shirin Botella also starring in the piece so people yeah we got that to look forward to and that yeah that brings us to a close for another week people so uh yeah we have fun do your business and we will touch base again next wednesday all right all right people keep it gully and remember Yo, check out the other shit, right? We got Chin Check. That's dropping today, as you know. We got Echo Chamber tomorrow. And we got another Chin Check on Friday. All right, people. Ah, enjoy that life. All right, puppets.